Hi. Hey, Sabah, are you on? Can you hear me? Hi, yeah, I can. Ah, there you are, Sabah. Wow. Cool. So this was good. Um, Sabah, let's just take a few minutes for everyone to join in. <laughs> so glad to have you here. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me over. Hey, Kamini, can you hear me okay? Yes. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> all right. Um, so, so glad that it is happening and all of us are in and able to hear each other. Um, just waiting for a few more minutes for anyone else um, to join in the listeners. I saw a lot of people were interested. Hi, Sabah. Hi, hi, Kamini. How are you today? Are you enjoying the nice uh, cold uh, Delhi ki evening? Uh, I don't enjoy winters very much. I'm afraid. I'm the odd Delhi wala who likes some summers. Kind of a plot because I asked her the same question, Kamini, yesterday when I spoke to her. You like these girls are tripping on winters? <laughs> oh gosh! I've I've just come from London literally yesterday. So I yeah. this is so mild and lovely I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right so I think let's get started and uh, others would join. Um so um again very very glad that Sabha could make it. Um we're here to talk about um, Sabha's book Tabaif Nama. So while I will get into introducing every one of us speaking right now um i thought it would be a good idea if we could kind of get a sense from the people uh, who are listening in what is that one thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word tawaif what is that one word um so go on fire in your responses in the chat um if you are new to the platform um there is a chat button right below uh type in your responses we'll try to read out as much as possible as we go on um, talking so yeah do uh, feel free to send in and tell us what is that one thing that comes to your mind when you hear of the word tawaif <laughs> all right and um, in the meanwhile i'm going to just quickly introduce all of us here um so very excited to have sabha here um sabha is a documentary filmmaker and we're talking about her book tawaif nama a stellar book which is an account of an entire family of artisans of tawaif spanning through generations um and but not just that i think there's a very heavy context to it at all points of time so it's an absolute must uh saba is um a documentary filmmaker like i said and her films are mostly based on sexuality gender identity communalism and culture uh, some of her notable works uh, include parmayuth nasur khel barfantas kanti and a very well known trilogy on stigmatized female performers Delhi Mumbai Delhi Natch and the other song so i think it's um it will be a smart move for all of us on the chat who after the uh, podcast go and look these up they are bound to be very promising uh, things to read or watch so so glad uh, sabatu have you here thank you thank you nidhi for inviting me it's an absolute pleasure yes um we're equally excited and a quick um thank you to the backstage folks who organized these amazing podcasts on books just when i thought i'm too outdated and boring still be clinging to what uh, in my free time it looks like it's happening so we're back on a podcast discussing 
Um, and as we move on, um, I would like to have Kamini come in. So Kamini is my friend from the school, but um, more uh, interestingly, she's a faculty at King's College London. Uh, and back home in Delhi right now, where I think a large part of her heart lies. <laughs> so Kamini, uh, welcome back. Uh, both Kamini and I share a love for uh, rich cultural history and spreads that we have to offer. Um, and I think that made reading this book and now this podcast very delightful. Um, I uh, am Nidhi Mishra. I run a young people's uh, platform called Book Osmia, which distributes means the smell of books to express themselves. <coughs> so I think with that, let's um, get going. I can see uh, one response from Arshna saying, singer is what comes to her mind when she hears the vibe. Um, what about the others? Keep sending in your responses. Um, Kamini, do you want to shoot with your questions? Yeah. I know we have plenty. <laughs> yes, we do. Thanks, Nidhi. Thanks very much for getting us started. And uh, indeed, thanks very much, uh, Sabah, for joining us today. Um, and I mean, I, I really want to start, first of all, Sabah, by saying thank you for writing the book. Uh, you know, I, I was chatting with some friends about the book after reading. And there is, when you chat with people about uh, Tawayafs, you start to hear and you start to understand the kind of uh, beliefs and the kinds of thoughts that people have. And I was curious to see other people on, on, on our podcast today writing as well what they think about it. Uh, but, you know, very frankly, as some of the, my conversations showed for far too long, the Tawayaf has lived behind a veil, uh, yeah. not of her own choosing. And the book is wonderful in pulling that apart for us to see her as she is very nearly through her own voice, just nearly. And I was reminded of this uh, Sher, uh, you know, both Nidhi and I are also into Urdu poetry. That's something we have in common. I was in, reminded of this Sher when I was reflecting on your book. So, you know, if, if you would allow me, is door me in saan ka chehra nahi milta, is door me in saan ka chehra nahi milta, kab se mein nakabon ki tahe khol raha hoon. Lovely. So this is by Mugizuddin, yeah. This is such a nice shade by Mugizuddin Faridi. And yes, you know, indeed it is hard nowadays to find the person behind the label and uh, I think your book has really done this for the Tawaiyaf. You know, bohati sabr ke saath, ahista, ahista, aapne wo tahin dheere dheere kholi hain. And uh, that's, that's really remarkable. And, you know, one of the things that, again, I, I really like is your use of the intimate second person uh, account, which gives us a feeling of being close to her, of sharing an intimate space with her and this is part of the marvel of the book for me for those of you who have not read it you will find this very very interesting because what Sabah has done is she's managed to sew together the personal and the intimate so beautifully with the general and the macro context with heaps of research on everything that affected uh, the Tawaiyaf. So I wanted to you know start by hearing from you a little bit your reflections on the structure of the book, the decision to intersperse the personal with the historical. Is this indeed one family's history or a composite of multiple stories that you heard in Banaras? I was looking again at the cover page, for example, where one sees a reflection of many Tawayafs on what appears to be a re reconstructed almost face of, of one. So talk to us a little bit about the structure and the format and the writing process. Uh, thank you, Kamini. Um, the, see, when I started uh, writing the book, as you know, I'm a filmmaker. 
so for me uh i had to start from scratch and actually i think the biggest challenge for me while writing was to find my own voice you know within the written word uh because it this is my first book and it it is it was a completely new medium for me to express myself so that was an area of concern and something that i had to kind of um um you know work hard upon and uh, through i mean i think the only way one can find one's own voice is just through writing you keep writing mm-hmm. and at some point the flow comes and then you realize what uh, you know how you want to do it but uh, my other main concern was that uh, many of the people that i was writing about how do you write bi- biographical accounts of people who are living you know it is a bit it's a bit easier i mean of course the issues of ethics etc are still there in terms of people who are gone dead and gone but these many of the women i was writing about are very much alive and have faced a huge amount of stigma uh and you know there's been a sh- there's been shame imposed upon them <clears throat> uh so how do i protect their identities and which was uh, one you know uh, something that i had promised them that i would protect their identities that there was no way that you know their identities would be revealed to anyone now that w- and yet be truthful to the telling of the story mm-hmm. so how do i do that and really that took me the longest time uh in terms of, yeah okay i i change names uh mm-hmm. i also displace them in terms of location but then i also started realizing that the more important thing is that i you know I, this is the 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 family of the the women in the book they are actually uh it's like a composite piece they mm-hmm. each character is made up of several women that i have met or i have heard about i you know who in certain ways had stories which were similar to each other and uh, so that helped that helped a lot uh, to um, to actually diffuse identities and to make um, you know uh, identification much more difficult because that was a really major concern there was a you know i had given my word to uh, uh, the people i was the women i was working with that i would protect their identity so yes that that so there so in that sense it's not that you know that these some of the not all sorry sorry i'm not sure where that noise is coming from yeah um it seems to be like a leak from somewhere else i i, I <laughs> audio leak on for now yeah yes <laughs> so uh, so these are uh, composite some of them not all some of them are composite characters some of we have been displaced from you know the place that i the location i met them in um but i felt that the 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 the, the more important thing was that the voice is authentic the experience is authentic and that and that and that i am truthful to what they told me so in that sense the stories have been mixed up uh, at times not all the times but just for some of the characters uh, but i've tried to be uh, true to their voice to present that authentic voice to the best of my ability 
so that was uh, that's as far as the structure in terms of this conversation that uh, you know uh, eventually the book it was i mean we i went through i started writing not like this it started off by you know writing in a uh, much more third person straightforward biographical mm. style but the intimacy was not there you know the mm. i'd spent so many years i mean i've been working first i was working on the film on the wives which is called the other song which is the third film of my trilogy on uh, female performers and then uh, from there on i moved on to doing this book so i've been working with the wives and uh, you know being in conversation with them from 2001 onwards and there was um, i think a lot of my understanding and uh, perspective came from those uh, very intimate conversations so how do you bring that feeling of conversation and then i just felt i write it like conversations you know and also i wanted to place myself in mean, of course in be it a book or a film uh, the filmmaker or the writer is always there whether they you know they 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 kind of uh, are there obviously or not but in this case scenario given that i come from a very different background and um, i thought it was important and honest that i'm also there uh, you know with my own baggage as a middle class mm-hmm. woman who um who doesn't have any direct connection uh family wise with the wives i bring that in uh into the book and um so i think then it started kind of just flowing for me after that once i'd figured that bit out i'd figured out the ways in which i could protect identities and still be truthful then it was easier going Yeah, it's a very interesting point, Sabha. So I, I was very conscious, of course, that you were writing in this sort of intimate, intimate, conversational uh, way. But j- not until just now, when you talked about placing yourself, did it strike me that that also brought in a lot of intimacy. And actually, in the book, uh, it's very clear that you are reflecting on your place. uh in 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 that milieu is as well so that's that's quite interesting in the introduction uh you know when you talk about the family portrait which i'll bring in later you also talk about uh, then talking about your bua's uh photograph coming out and talking about the invisible women in your family so i i do see that conversation also from a macro point of view uh between these two different contexts so very interesting and i i completely hear you on on your responsibility as a researcher which is something that i was thinking of um as well and you know you talked about the fact that there has been shame associated with the profession and with these women and i was also curious how difficult was it for you to get these women uh, to to get them to open up to you on the one hand i almost feel as if they must have wanted to tell their stories to somebody who was not out there to exploit them but was you know a keen listener on the other hand the you know society hasn't treated them very kindly so what was it a challenge for you to get them to open up to you oh it was usually challenging you know i mean <clears throat> i started work i mean it is reflected in the fact that i started to work on the research for the film that's how it all started the journey you know with the kawives in 2001 i eventually at uh, the the film got finished only 8 years later in 2009 now there were many reasons for it 
but one of the reasons uh, and not all the reasons were connected with the making of the film i mean there were other reasons too why uh, it took so long but uh, one of the main reasons was the fact that for the longest period you know i had doors being shut on me firstly uh, you know it's not as if the wives are sitting there and you kind of go into banaras or you go into uh, you know uh, any of the old cities and you right. say the wife ka ghar kaha hai matlab wo mahalle hi sare sare khatam ho gaye you yeah. see dalmandi for instance you go to dalmandi mm. which was once uh, an narier bazaar those are mm. now gentrified you know and um, or if if not gentrified some of the areas have been gentrified and some of the places have become working class you know and mm. have uh, but the the families and the tawar families mostly have long shifted out uh, of these places there are no quotas uh, no functioning quotas tawar is an obsolete creature uh, you know the tawar went out uh, of the cultural landscape by about the late 1980s and that also matlab it was in the very very matlab uh, just a shadow of her former self so how do you do how do you find the wives kisse bole so i started you know by us meeting up with male musicians especially tabla players and sarangi players you know which are who are the traditional accompanists for the music associated with the wives like thomri dadra ghazal hmm. but then i realized that actually not one of them wanted to admit that they had been accompanists with the wives or that you know their uh, even if they were young their fathers uncles or other people in their family had been associated as musicians with any uh, kotha because it is a very now a uh, shaming stigmatizing association so it really took a very long time to tentatively build that trust to begin with with some of the musicians i mean that's they provided that entry when you know over a period of a year salam ab jao aur aap salam kare aur wapas chale aao i mean that yeah. there's there's a lot of patience that you know went into that and also of it was only fair they should know me i had to be open i had to you know uh, like uh, inspire confidence uh, so that they get to know me and then yes i started getting some introductions to some of the women and the problem was that why would they talk to me they don't know me i am some unknown filmmaker and you know the way that actually they've been portrayed in films or in popular writing has not been particularly kind so th- there was no reason for them to trust me i mean even if uh, you know jaise hi baat shuru hoti thi ki hum ye karna chahte hain then i'd be thrown to uh, you know shown the door and even if someone did say okay no started speaking to me was got interested or you know their attention got peaked by what i was saying their family would come down like a ton of bricks because almost all of them their families have moved on to other professions and there is this entire you know movement towards becoming respectable so matlab it's uh, you know they are not even teaching their children grandchildren music that association mm-hmm. with it, it's very sad but association with music has been completely severed so yes it took a, a very long time to actually build some kind of relationships of trust confidence building and for that i had to you know i mean i had to be open and you know like to 
all if i want to know about their lives then it's only fair that i share uh, you know about my life and you know whatever questions they might have about me and also jo apni baat pe khara utar na ki agar aapne kaha hai ki aap nahi karenge to nahi karenge kuch cheeze and that and sh- to show that and you know to deliver on that i think what happened then was that the film because i told them i said look you come on the film i'll shoot it then i'll if during the shooting you know kai bar in the heat of the moment people share a lot of stuff on camera and then have second thoughts or get cold feet you know ki ye bola tha ab nahi karna i said the moment you feel that you don't want anything to be put on the edit tell me i'll just chunk, uh, take it out mm-hmm. and i will show you the rough cut before we go into the final uh, edit which i did you know so they they saw all of them who were in the film sh- uh, saw the uh, rough cut approved it first and uh, which is something that as a filmmaker i never do with even my funders you know but here i think it was very important because their sense of comfort their, the 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 you know the the their privacy was to my mind far more important to any artistic consideration that i might have or and you know uh, as a filmmaker much more important uh, so there was much more go- you know this being heavy on them so i think that experience of being with me on the film that uh, that helped a lot um for you know for the like opening of doors or further introductions to other family members um and that's how the book then came into be जी नहीं बिल्कुल आई थिंक द रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी टूवर्ड्स फंडर्स इज वेरी डिफरेंट फ्रॉम द रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी टूवर्ड्स पार्टिसिपेंट्स और यही जो मैं शुरू में कह रही थी ना कि बहुत सब्र के साथ उट the tawaif in the movies and i was thinking yeah. that that's probably the last time around then mukaddar ka sikandar or something is probably the last time we saw um the tawaif on screen and then they completely disappeared even from bollywood usse pehle tak hame dikhti thi to aap logon ko now the listeners i'm very curious that <coughs> when you think of the tawaif what is the name that comes to your mind do you think of you know any particular tawaif from the movies from literature from music from anywhere so do do write in the chat we are very curious to to know who comes to your mind and uh, nidhi please please go on now. i know you have a related question to what we've been talking about yeah sabat thanks for that i think the way uh, the whole narrative in the book uh, is brilliant because uh, like you said if it's a biography or if it's something which is meant to make people aware um i preferred it so much that we were viewing it from your eyes so in a lot of ways the reader became you when you are talking uh, to that composite in the and uh, it just made it so much more meaningful you know to allow some judgments to fall in to allow feelings to come in when we are talking um and then the facts and the information sticks on written so so that was really great. um i know we asked everyone at the beginning um what is that one word which comes to your mind when you say when you hear the word tawaif uh, 
um and uh, we got some answers on the chat singer etc uh, but i think for me and i was um, mentioning this to you sabha yesterday uh, for me the word thawaya uh, overwhelmingly had a connotation of sex being provided so yes. and it was i think mainly that so it it had become like that uh, in my mind and i'm very aware that for a very large part um of a society it is that which is where the stigma is um and what worked beautifully was that after reading the book it is very very clear that there is this whole spectrum which has been described so um the fact that the wives took offense uh, if they were equated to a prostitute um and the amount of effort and training which went into all of it um to you know become a successful thawaya there was just so many more dimensions to it um so for me the takeaway was that um that we are trying to understand and create some awareness um about um, what a thawaya really uh, entails uh, what does it mean um and um at the same time i read a lot of reviews where people have said that when i heard thawaya nama i thought it would have some of those names that we really know right uh, the popular ones so your uh, maybe bega makkar or umrao jaan or um, uh, you know mallika pokhraj and the likes uh, so my question um, then is that if the objective was to spread awareness about what the wife really was uh, what that profession entailed did it come to your mind uh, to use one of these more popular ones uh, because then there is already a certain acceptance or an idea that people have and um, who otherwise was your audience was it was it someone in a particular demographic was it someone you would like to make aware of society in general and if it was that if the idea was to make them aware why not get these bigger names somewhere in the picture rather than all the ones who are you know if we google for any of them we only land up with one result which is your book so how did you decide on that see uh well yes certainly uh, one of the you know the way as a filmmaker why one makes a film and i think the same kind of works for a book is um yes of course definitely um there there is there was a need that you know people get to know of the wives and get to know of the wives beyond the kind of prejudice um that you know surrounds them and uh, you know the stigma um but i think for me and that it was just that i as a feminist uh, filmmaker and then well as a feminist writer uh i was interested i'm always been interested in women's histories and women's lives uh and uh, you know the, the the to explore the uh, the you know different spaces female spaces and so my work has largely been on the lives of different kinds of women women because women interest me um and the women's lives interest me women's histories interest me and in thawaif nama i think what was really for me very important was that the history of the thawaif in some ways also the history of the making of so called modern india you know so i was looking at that i was also looking at the fact that when you look at uh, women's histories um uh, 
you know, in the context of, uh, say, 19th, 20th century India, so-called modern India, that the modern phase that we talk about, we only talk about the histories of women like us, middle-class women, you know, from so-called uh, respectable families. So, for me, it is actually, if, the, if you look at the book and the way the narrative is, it's always playing on contested histories. These are contested histories, the history of the Tawaif and, uh, you know, the the ways that she contributed to music, dance, literature, culture, etc. But also the ways increasingly she was being marginalized through law, through popular discourse, through political discourse. Um, you know, so she was being criminalized. Her profession was being criminalized. So, um, so yes, I was writing for, I don't know, I mean, I never think in terms of an audience. I mean, I was writing a book which I would like to read, actually, which interested me. If, when I read it, if that page interested me enough, <clears throat> even though I've written it, but if I, you know, say, after a period of some time, if I went over it, and if I felt interested in reading it, that was good enough for me, because that's the, what I followed even as a filmmaker. You know, I mean, I do, my films are also in terms of films that I, that interest me. Because that's the only thing you have, right? As an, uh, as a filmmaker or a writer. I mean, I can't think of what X, Y, or Z, I mean, uh, would want or some kind of a demographic approach. Because everyone is so different. I mean, you know, here uh, uh, groups mein baatnam, wo, at least I have never, I mean, I've found people to be one person, one woman to be very different from the second woman. So I, I genuinely, I mean, for my approach was that this interested me. And this is a story that I needed to tell. I wanted to tell. Um, a story which is, of course, about a family of the wives, but also a story, and that is where the context comes in, in terms of, you know, all the politics, the social, political, cultural changes that were happening from early 19th century onwards at the larger scale, you know, at the meta scale. Um, because as far as not going in for say Umrao Jan or you know one of the other uh, uh, well-known Tawais, my interest really was as I said to see the unfolding of India and the making of a certain kind of India you know uh, a certain a certain perspective of modernity you know which well Indian nationalism experience of Indian nationalism, then post-independence that we have followed and the making of the nation state and in that nation state which women are acceptable and which women are not acceptable. So in that sense what what I was interested in was not one woman, one wife. I was, I, and that is the idea, it, it was, it, it was not that I was started looking for a family, it was that one of the women that I was working with actually could trace her family tree down to early uh, 19th century, you know, an unbroken family tree. And I thought that that was wonderful, you know, by having that, uh, following that family tree and the many, gener chronicling the many generations of the wives and the ways in which 
the lives kept changing of these tawaifs you know their interface with technology for instance uh, early 20th century coming of the gramophone or then later with cinema etc um it that it was really the family that started interesting me and at the community and the family became a certain kind of you know like started representing the community in so many ways because the family was also so well integrated with the community so th- i was interested in that i was not interested in the story of say one well known tawaif matlab wo to hai and uh, umrao is mentioned in passing matlab wo i what that was not really my uh, interest uh, i was looking at histories and i was looking at as i said contested histories right, right. and i think that's uh, very obvious when one reads it uh, sabha that you are not talking only of that person in isolation which is i think uh, unfortunately how a lot of biographies are written um but this whole uh, you know the social the political the economic consequences of living in that time and that time progressing on to the next generation to the next generation which makes it a lot beyond just those women but uh, i know that kamini and i found it to be like this amazing window into yeah what was really happening in india in that time not just in yeah. the lives of these women so yeah, yeah that i i'm i'm very glad that you took that approach rather than you know probably just taking one of the more popular or glorified ones and talking about the types yeah that was also uh, also uh, sorry nidhi just if my add one thing also you know the fact is that we know one umrao we know of one beg akhtar but they are the yami not umrao umrao is of a different uh, uh, phase of history but say one beg akhtar or one siddheshwari devi or one rasulan bai they were the lucky few who were able to break through the glass uh, glass ceiling of respectability you know but actually the contribution to uh, our music our dance our culture uh, was not was from a you know this very amazing uh, community of women who we don't even know about who are who've been trashed in history as prostitutes as sex workers you know as immoral women i mean jo bhi jo sare naam ke liye istemal kiye jate hain and why is that simply because they did not conform to the notion of a certain kind of acceptable sexuality for women you know ki uh, of marriage and uh, you know uh, a monogamous monogamous Uh, relationship and a marital relationship at that which uh, you know kind of defines uh, a good woman now here were women who were not who were outside of that marital sexuality who did not get married who did have lovers sometimes actually one lover only for in, in the entire lifetime or they could have more lovers <coughs> and who had you know who were their patrons too and they th- these were women who were musicians who were dancers now because ultimately it was just that na that they did not actually subscribe to the increasingly inflexible notion of what makes a good woman sexuality marital conforming to marital sexu- sexuality uh, which is why these women were thrown into the dustbin of history the entire community And not only thrown into the dustbin of history actually like uh, completely uh, shamed you know 
it's pathetic what we did to people who actually whose contribution we should be proud of mm. uh, to uh, in terms of our cultural heritage no very very much so uh, sabha and it's actually it's quite interesting so one of the things i found very interesting was and in one of your other interviews i heard you say that in patriarchy the woman is the other and the wife is the others other yeah right and i i found it very interesting that the empowerment of the middle class woman her education her stepping out of the domestic boundaries paradoxically was one of the factors that led to the decline of the tawaif's role in cultured uh, society it's it's like you know the men were deciding and negotiating isko thoda freedom aur de do usse thoda kam le lo type of nahi agar what you see the, it was yeah. so it was it just hit me you know and which is why it was very important that i am there in the book because yeah. i represent the class of women who benefited in many ways and it is because i am very proud of my history of you know my grandmother who uh, was the one of the first women to be a graduate who but her attending uh, you know coming out of parda and attending uh, college and going to the university was at the expense of uh, the so called original public women what were the public women public women were women who did not observe the parda na that included even the wives it included a whole I mean, section of women and the roads had to be cleaned of them so that you know respectable women like my grandmother were not confused with these public women so that history is so intrinsically woven you know it was matlab yes. i i so as a feminist i i, I think those are those that is and that is what if you look the book is ultimately talking about those histories and those mm-hmm. contestations hmm no absolutely and that is what hit me very hard as well that it did it's as if you know for these women to get more freedom it had to be taken away from somebody else and it was again the men who are deciding what type of so to say woman should get what type of freedom but it's also very interesting how this intersects of course with the nationalistic movement and you you're already you talked about the fact that this is also a nation's history so if i may i want to read this passage from your book very quickly which again which talks about a number of actually very important tensions so uh, here goes the tawaif was posited in the hindu nationalist discourse as the embodiment of the other a series of popular cartoons circulated widely by hindu publicists to promote the cause of hindi as opposed to urdu for example depicted begum urdu as a tawaif the embodiment of the morally corrupt muslim other in contrast to mother devnagari the homespun mother of every true hindu son and now there are so many tensions illustrated together there are so many things coming together you know the tension between of course hindu muslim uh, hindi urdu the tawaif and the uh, the domestic uh, you know home homeward bound woman and it's i mean i i wanted i was curious how does it feel to see all of this playing out more than 100 years later still those same kinds of contestations we are still very much struggling with and do the tawaifs how do they see this change uh you know how to do they it's it's very unlikely they do but i almost wanted to ask do they grudge the middle class woman in some way that uh, you know this is what it's come uh, at the expense of see actually we've come full circle you know when you read 19th century <clears throat> you know the kind of uh, uh you know uh, politics that was being played out and identity politics you realize that humne kuch nahi seekha history se we never learned anything from history we are damn well back to that circle we will fit 
we've completed that circle and we are right back to uh, late 19th century. But, but so, I mean, you know, that is a very sad reflection on uh, mm. The, the, mm. where we chose to go and what we chose not to learn from. You know, you can only move as a people. I really think we have no respect for history and no understanding. You know, we so, so people who don't understand history, who don't respect it, are condemned to repeat it, and we are repeating our history. So you know, all I mean, just hope to help that we get out of, come out safe and sound yes. somewhere. Indeed. Um, Indeed. And as far as uh, the you know, look. By the way, Tawas are very well informed. The older Tawas, up to young Tawas, to call you heavy. So that is actually, if I talk about Tawas, they are all old. I mean, they would be, you know, the youngest amongst them would be in the now early seventies. So that and that would be the last generation of Tawas. Um, they are all educated. They had to be, and actually, almost every. You know, a woman that I have met with and very well informed, read the newspaper, followed the news on television. So, this because they had to be. This is the way they were companions to men, even later on. So, how do you make small talk with uh, men? You have to be well informed. Kushna kushta pata hona chahiye na dunya mein kya ho raha hai. And uh, Indians love talking politics. So, वो तो they so, but uh, as far as uh, grudging, uh, you know, uh, middle class women, it's not done so consciously. But yes, mm. the the difference would come out. I mean, that's why I, you know, in the book, I I tried to bring those schisms out. I mean, they were very gracious uh, to me mm. and all of that. But there are points when even this narrator, who's my friend, with whom I'm actually You know his family. She and I, and I, we would have tensions because she felt that as a married woman, I was being unduly sympathetic to her daughter-in-law, and I didn't understand her. You know, because I came from a different position, I couldn't be sympathetic. I mean, I had a different point of view. I thought she was not being fair to her daughter-in-law, and those. That kind of interpersonal relationship, the between you know women, that also for me was important to show that the relationship is was dynamic. You know, we were always constantly. If you are two women as friends, I mean, आप लड़ाई करते हैं, आप फिर सुलझा भी लेते हैं, इतने मन मटाव भी होता है. But it was also reflecting of. At times, it was coming. It should reflected the fact that I come from a very different. position and i would i would become very aware of that you know at times i couldn't understand ki why did she hide certain things from me then it would come to me that she hid something from me initially mm. because she felt i wouldn't understand and she had a right to no i mean i come from such a very different uh, position in uh, all of that so yeah so that would come out at yeah. times and i have tried to somehow give a sense of that उटिंग
yeah so yeah i think uh, sabha just going back what you said those you know that uh, comes up so well the conversations between you and that person that talked to in the book uh, especially in the context of the daughter in law uh, you know about carrying a baby and earlier you're trying to say why she's not opening up i think it just goes back to that same point on the narrative that it builds a lot of trust with the reader also that you are a regular person and not just you know just recording something and we'd wonder the same so, so that was that was pretty nice um i had a uh, question i think after reading the book so yeah um we spoke about how these women were very different from our uh, you know uh, idea of a stereotypical woman back then you know they were independent they were bread earners um they knew the ways of the world and in a lot of ways they lived a more fuller life like that point uh, we just spoke of that um, they they read the newspaper i think it's mentioned in the book also that it's beyond the music and the dance and the lover and that all of those that play that they also need to have an interesting conversation with the patron uh, which is what often attracted the patrons to them as well because their um their own wives were probably not into uh, you know they they were not that aware they were just but the wives are not aware simply because they were too inundated by the duties no of being wives right. and mothers and mothers in right. law to be fair but like yeah. you know the the women were so completely overworked where would they have the time to you know read newspapers in rajao their husbands yeah. at the end of a hard day yeah yeah no, yeah not, not just with an objective that this should lead to something attractive with my husband but just the fact that i should be aware of what's going on but unfortunately that was just not something that they had the luxury i would say of knowing you know indulging in even reading the newspapers is like such a luxury uh, so yeah so in a lot of ways um, and you know while reading the book i think um, many of us would be rooting for uh, the fact that they you know we wish they had just that the wives had led a happier life they didn't have to face all of these uh, um you know whether it was legal or the societal um almost boycotting of sorts um but do you think sabha that um uh, this is a profession i'm also conscious of what all it took from these the wives like each story um uh, it seems to be extremely exacting not just for the little girl who is pushed into uh, you know without her uh, own choice uh, into learning how to be and it's like a life long um commitment you to practice learn all of these things um, um but do you do you feel that that i mean somewhere do you root for this professional country do you think there could be a happy survive if not for how the social political context played out um, see uh, you know the point is that i have a problem with the ways in which within a certain kind of a simplistic feminist narrative the tawaif and the prostitute is posited as this great liberated being you know uh, which is a lot of this uh, very populist and well not only populist but even within certain sections of the academia the fact is that as women be they the tawaif or be they the wife we were never we were within the confines of patriarchy so you see the fact that the tawaif was not some kind of a wonderful liberated being if 
she existed she needed a patron who could pay for you know the upkeep of her kotha for her musicians for 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 learning music everything right uh, so just as uh, you know this uh, respectable woman needed the protection of a husband uh, you know because she was not earning so the husband to bring in the earnings home etc and so there was it we to we have to recognize that these were different you know types of women different uh, categories of women the respectable and the tawaif but we were all within you know we all existed and our histories have been there within an overarching uh, umbrella of patriarchy so that sit koi bachna hai nahi the the tawaifs could relatively within now usme phir what are the kind of choices that your lifestyle gives you and looking at some of the earlier uh, your know, tawaifs uh, life stories definitely it seems that they were afforded some amount of greater choice of you know to make some choices of their own uh, to have to make autonomous decisions as compared to say a housebound uh, woman but that was but within the confines of patriarchy wo to hum nahi bhul sakte na so yeah completely yeah. happy life to happy life kiski hai yaar matlab patriarchy wo matlab you know that that has been a certain story uh, you know which has you know that is the re- certain reality of women's uh, lives and uh, but but we are talking that by within that given thing aapke paas aapko kitna space milta tha ya aapke paas choices kitni thi so i definitely you know the wives the elite tawaif not all tawaifs jo the poor tawaif from tawaif from poor families unki pakka utni koi choices nahi thi they had to entertain everyone they could not have those ways ki isko karna hai isko nahi karna hai you know they did not have that uh, kind of discretion to make those choices You, it also depended how up high up on the financial you know security you were or wo sab cheeze thi right right yeah it's hard to imagine how it would have continued in that idyllic state if it had lived on but yeah there is there are and the wives were creatures of their own, of that of that particular time na nidhi point is ki the wives were fulfilling a certain need Uh, in a society where uh, housebound women had limited access to education uh, had limited access to the world outside and the experience of the world outside and therefore could not really be companions fulfill the need for female companionship in their husbands where with change of society what has also happened is the notion of the companionate marriage you know where husband and wife are companions to each other they are also friends uh, they share things i mean which is the ideal marriage that now we look at but tell about uh, you know two generations back that was not the ideal hmm. women and husband and wife were not expected to be friends so right, no, so where uh, the point is that but with the, you know women's education with the fact that women uh, you know middle class and housebound women coming out participating uh, in uh, you know the work spaces having leading earning their own money um the need, 
the the need for a female companion becomes very different there the wife then becomes an obsolete creature also we have to recognize that you know so i mean therefore as far as the book is concerned i was very conscious of the fact that i'm not writing some nostalgic tale ki hi bichari tawaif kyun nahi wo survive karte kyunki wo survive kar nahi sakti thi you know if you are looking at uh, uh, histories and the ways that uh, things evolved right yeah that that uh... That is a very. I mean, the fact is that she could have, you know, the, the, the what could have happened was that if he was not, if the community was not, you know, like burdened with yeah. that shame and stigma and also criminalized, you know, there was a criminal, a criminal tag uh, put on them. You buy a prostitute or a sex worker, then perhaps they could have moved on to becoming practitioners of music and dance, yeah. which were also there. You know, that was one of their major goals. so they could have enjoyed you know a uh, a uh, uh, place within the cultural landscape as musicians as dancers not necessarily uh, as lovers anymore yeah. you know that yeah. that role may or may not have been there so that role could, you know their role could have evolved but that never could be because well they, you know they were to completely wiped out uh, possibly by uh, you know everything i mean by uh, our political system cultural system social system right yeah nahi bilkul i think that is an important point uh, it could have transformed into something else maybe uh, but yeah uh, there were so many other factors hmm. at play hmm. which uh, we never know ki kya hota agar hota to ha ki hota to kya hota Okay, lovely. This has been an amazing chat, Sabha. You've been so patient in answering all our questions, but the book no, is amazing, you. and I'm uh, I'm very conscious that anyone who reads it will have a hundred questions popping up, and that should that should also be the case. Um, I can see Mukta. Yeah, Mukta, are you are you there with us? Uh, Mukta is the chief content strategist at Backstage, and uh, hi, Mukta. Sabaji, it was a lot of fun. Okay. बहुत मजा आया. Not sure if she's there. Yeah. Conversation. I mean, the book is already <laughs> so interesting, and it gives so many different things for one to think about. Uh, and we've only just scratched the surface in this conversation. So, for all of you listening, uh, I highly recommend um, the book for all of you to read. Like Sabha said, it's actually not only about the Tawai of it. Actually, is it charts. <laughs> uh the history of a nation of of its becoming and and you know we we talked about the fact that what's what a lot of things we read about in the book from 100 150 years ago are things that are playing now we've come sort of in a full circle and to understand today it is important to to read uh you know how we came to this point as well which i think the book also sheds a lot of light on so uh, so thanks thanks again uh, sabha it was really really fun discussing this Thank you, thank you, Kamini. Thank you, Nidhi, uh, for this conversation. Wonderful. Yeah. And thank you, Mukta. Any questions coming in, Sabha? We will pass them with you later, so that we are able to can answer some of them later. Yes. Yeah. Would love to. <laughs> thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy the book. Do make sure you pick up a copy. Like um, Kamini said, it's absolutely a good read. You must pick it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. You.